Blue Wire. To the end zone he goes. Where Sammy is. Boyd with a great fake. Touchdown, Taj. Hopkins throws to Boyd. Lean means touchdown throwing machine tonight, and he's got another one. Boyd. All right, welcome back to the Taj Boy Podcast. I'm going to be pretty transparent here and say that I do not have a guest, but you do have me. And I guess I'm going to have a little message for you guys to take with you on your day-to-day and hopefully add a little bit of value to your journey. But what we're going to talk about is teamwork, uh, perseverance, and resiliency. And this story is really just going to stem from from high school. And um, if you don't know, I'm from Virginia Beach, Norfolk area. Uh, Dad was in the Navy, grew up right there on the coastline, still can't swim. And to me, that doesn't make any sense at all. But, you know, at some point, I got to have some accountability here. I can't go my whole life blaming him because I can't swim. But either way, I ended up going to high school in Hampton, Virginia, which is about 45 minutes from the beach. And this high school is very unusual. It's very unique. It is, and if you rode past it, you wouldn't think that it's a school. You would think that it's a bomb shelter. And apparently it was supposed to be this uh, this experimental school because there's no windows there. You got a front entrance. It's surrounded in between the neighborhood. That neighborhood that it's surrounded by is called the PJs, short for the projects. And it is old looking, man. It, it doesn't look good at all, but... We had a really good football team, man. In three years, during my tenure there, we were 43-2, and two, and we won two state championships. Now, in a place like that, there are no coincidences. Things don't just happen. There are pieces that have to be put in place in order to be able to build and cultivate the winning culture. And fortunately for all of us, there was a guy named Bill D there. Bill D was the head coach. Um, man, short guy from Pennsylvania, very stern. I wouldn't say that he was strict, but he was very stern. He had this huge thumb that he would grab you by your face mask and say, Hey, I expect better because you are better or something like that. You know, he was just an awesome dude. And, um, man, he taught us a lot about, about life and, and the steps that we needed to take in order to not only win on the football field, but win at home and win in the classroom. And one of the philosophies and identities that was created was a phrase that he used, or more or less two words, and it was team me. It was a big T-E-A-M, very, very, very small M-E. And team me wasn't just a little catchphrase. It was the standard, and it was the culture, and it was what we live by on an everyday basis. There was no individualism on that football team whatsoever. There was no one person who got more attention from the coaching staff than the other because of the scholarship offers that were coming in or because one player was faster than the next because we all knew how important each and every one of our roles was to that football team. And when I think about what that meant to me going forward, it pretty much shaped me for who I am today, and it molds me for the person that I'm continuously wanting to become um, in my journey and in my life. And hopefully, 
you know, if I'm able to have kids and then they have kids and I'm a granddad someday, I'm going to be able to implement this same thing that I learned from this man, Bill D from high school into their lives. And it's so vital that, that we understand the culture of, of team because it matters to all of us. You know, whether you're, you're in business or whether it's with your family or whether it's just helping some lady out at the grocery store with a shopping cart, team is all around us. And when you realize that we is bigger than me, you'll start to figure it out one piece at a time. And for us, it, it was everything. I mean, you got to think in high school, especially on the football field, man, with a uniform on, you want to look as clean as possible. When I say clean, you want to look as, as swaggy as possible. You want the best looking cleats. You want the coolest visor. You want the newest arm sleeve. You want the craziest looking socks that you can find. But at Phoebus, we had none of that. We had the same socks. The socks had Team Me written on them. We had the same cleats. We had the same jerseys, same pants, same helmet, week after week after week. And after a while, all of those things started to get embedded and implemented into your lifestyle. And so if you look at some of my posts on Instagram, you'll see me wearing that same t-shirt. And now it's a part of my genetic makeup. I mean, I legitimately know that it's part of my fabric because I've realized the importance of continuity and learn how to work together in a team setting to achieve a common goal for the greater good. Now, I had this uh, keynote last week, and mainly what I talked about was identity and philosophy. And it's not just, you know, something to say, but like goals are, are fleeting. You can hit one goal, achieve it, and then you have to write down another one. And then you achieve that one. And then you got to write down another one like I'm DJ Khaled out here. But when you have a standard, a team philosophy, a personal life philosophy, a business philosophy, that becomes infinite. You know, there's no limitation to the time on what that standard is that you set and what that philosophy is that you set for yourself because as a byproduct, you'll start to achieve all of those goals that you set out to, to do. And when I look at it, we, as a program in high school, were able to achieve those heights because it was a selfless group of individuals. My um, senior year of high school, about third game of the season, I'm dropping back to pass. as a double slant concept. I step up in the pocket. I take off. I try to juke this man about 10, 15 yards from where I was standing at. I'm not going to sit here and say that I was the most athletic guy in the world because I wasn't, especially in that setting surrounded by all of those athletes. Nonetheless, I do a move <laughs> pretty much on air. I fall down and I heard something pop and it felt like a rubber band popping. Ain't no worries, you know, just look like I got tripped by a sniper out there or the, the turf monster as they call it. And I, I, I get up and something isn't feeling right. My knee's feeling a little weak. And I'm jogging back and my knee snaps back. Poof. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't know what that is. And I jog back to the sideline. They're bringing the back of quarterback Paul Morant, who ended up doing some really great things in college and is overseas playing ball right now. But Coach D, it's like, oh, you're fine, man. Uh, again, he's from Pennsylvania, so he's old school. He's like, just put some tape on it. And it wasn't like the flexible tape. It was like that white, thick, 
tape that that hurts when you put it on that grabs the, the hair on your your leg and when you pull it off you know you rip off everything you know where it was at and so he tapes he tapes that up and gets the training staff to do that for me and I draw it back out in that football field and it does it again and this time I go back to the sideline and I lay down on the training table and the pretty much the guy starts working on my knee and he grabs me by my calf and he grabs me pretty much on my quad and he's pulling and pushing my knee to feel if there's any give and he does and the knee is performing or moving at a at a at a level that it's not supposed to be pretty much and I can kind of overhear this trainer talking to my high school coach and he says I think it's torn ACL and at that point you got to remember I'm over here watching movies Friday Night Lights. I mean, I've been playing football at this point for 11, 12 years and never really sustained a, a significant injury. So they tell me that I think it's a torn ACL. I'm over there with tears running down my face. And the guys are coming up to me like, hey, what's going on? And I was like, man, I think the season's over. And we win the game. I go get an MRI. And my worst fears came true. It was a torn ACL. And I thought, well, man, that's... That blows because we had just lost a game in the state semifinals the year before. And the whole reason that we were working that offseason was to pretty much avenge that loss and go win the state championship for our last year. We had a pretty big senior class. So we wanted to go out with a bang and win a state championship. And I sat out for a week. And I'm walking around with just like uh, these crutches, going to school, going to class. And then I'm going to meetings, but I'm not really a part of it. I felt separated from everything because I mean I, I love the game of football and I go to practice early the next week me and my mom and dad pull up in the car and I'm looking at these guys on the football field and at this point I like I'm hysterical and I don't think that I'm like a huge emotional person but I'm losing it you know I'm crying I'm like I want to be out there with my guys this is the reason that we work so hard this summer you know I, I want to find a way to play and so we sat down with, with coach D and we consulted with the, the I guess it's a physician. I don't really know the, the term for it. But we sat down with the doctor. And he says, well, if you want to play, you can't tear it worse than it. It's already torn. So you can put a brace on it and try it if you like. So I put on this Don Joy brace, went back out to practice, and did what I could. Now, when you tear ACL, you can run in a straight line just fine. I mean, people, there's people that you see on a day-to-day basis at work and in the community that probably don't have an ACL, but it's fine because they're not going to be that strenuous. You know, they're not going to be cutting from side to side or making these abrupt movements. They're just going to be living their life, living their best life, hopefully. But I go and I say, coach, I'm, I'm going to play. He's like, let's do it. So pretty much I go and, you know, do what I can. And we're winning games. And most of the teams that we're playing against just – they know that I'm hurt, but they don't know how significant. So they thought it was just some sort of sprain. And it was all in the newspapers. You could fact check it if you want to because, well, nobody knew that I had tore it. But long story short, throughout the course of that year, I got carted off the field like three or four times. I remember one time throwing an interception and trying to make the tackle, ended up on the bottom of the pile. And I got carted off like something in a movie. And we ended up piecing it together doing what we needed to do. And folks, we won a state championship that year. We won it. We did what we set out to do. 
But none of that would have happened. Like, obviously, I wanted to go and play uh, for my guys. But if they wouldn't have been able to hold me down and really rally beside me, you know, I don't think that we would have accomplished the things that we set out to do. So it was such a huge moment, a critical moment for me. And so when I see guys do it, it's not them themselves that are being heroic. It's the group of people that are around them that encourage them to to go out there and leave it all out there because you don't have that support system and you don't have that community. It is tough to do it alone. And that's just something from my heart right there. But, you know, there's, there's going to be people that you encounter every day. Again, at work, it's going to be your kids. It's going to be your spouse. They're going to feel like they can't do something. They're going to feel like they're limited to some capacity. But if you know who they are, you know what they're capable of, and you know their heart, and you know that that's in them, then push them, encourage them, because we're stronger in a group than we are by ourselves. And, you know, if you look, let's take a lone wolf, for example. If you see a wolf walking around a neighborhood here in Powdersville, South Carolina, and he's by himself, then you know something's wrong. Because wolves don't live in solitude. And we don't live in solitude. We're meant for community. We're meant for team. And once you realize that we is greater than me, man, life just gets so much easier. So continue to embrace each other. Push to another level. And folks, remember that it's, I don't know what I want to say. Just remember that when you do it for the people around you, and they know that it's coming from a place of genuineness, they're going to give you all that they got so that you can give all that you got. And you know what? That is all that I got. So this is my short story right here. Just felt like throwing something out there. Again, I didn't want you guys to go seven days without hearing my voice. So you know what to do. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, I'll have something ready to go for you next week. I'm excited. Got some guests lined up. It's going to be a good conversation. Have a great day. Keep doing your thing. Taj Boy Podcast out.